0: On the field and inside the clubhouse, this is Brewers Extra Innings now broadcasting live from American Family Field. Here's Dominic Catronio. The odd,
1: torturous, sometimes really, really sad, sometimes really encouraging second half is over, the season is virtually over, just two games to go, and the Brewers are officially out of postseason contention. Despite the walk-off win, and as fun as that was for about five minutes of Twilight Zone, the Brewers are now officially eliminated from the postseason, thanks to the Phillies defeating the Astros 3 to nothing. Aaron Nolan floated with a perfect game in that one. Crazy. Astros only had two hits in that game. So as we reminded everybody all week long, all those must-win games that the Brewers lost, it was to avoid a scenario like this one, where you win a big game, but you can't celebrate it because the season's over. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage talking and Text Line. Want to have you text in? Want to have you call in? We'll get you on the show. We have Vinny Rutino here as well. Going to analyze, briefly touching on the season, touching on this game. Vinny, I want to open things up reading this text from Doug, one of our regulars. Too little, too late. I just want to forget about this season. Get a fresh look next year. Get some of these younger players up here like Arizona has done and hopefully get a new look lineup. Add some speed and a consistent hitter to the power. The agony is over. There's something, there's some spunk in that Diamondbacks clubhouse on the other side and there are a few players like the McCarthys, like the Varshos, that are in the Brewers' system right now. It's just disappointing that the Brewers aren't going to be welcoming them into the roster running in a streak of five consecutive postseasons. Instead, the streak ends at four straight postseasons.
2: Yeah, I mean, the roster is probably going to look uh, different. I, again, I, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like next year. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that that would be a decent place to, to start some conversations as to where they should go is, you know, go young. They Like you said, Dom, they have a bunch of kids that are ready for the major leagues. The Sal freelicks Garrett Mitchell showed well, you know, really well here in September. Um, you know, Estuary Ruiz is ready. Uh, he raked in AAA. So there's a number of players that are ready to take that next jump into the big leagues. And look, what are the Brewers really good at? Remember in 2017 when they were just getting – uh, started on their rebuild and was, I'm sorry, was it 16 or 17, whatever the year that they weren't 16 supposed into 17, to contend. Yes. Yeah. The, the season they weren't supposed to contend. They gave a bunch of guys a chance. Um, a bunch of guys that came over in the Tyler Thornburg deal that had a chance finally to establish themselves in the big league, like a Travis Shaw. Um, remember Jonathan VR uh, established himself as an all-star for a couple seasons run there. So, I mean, they can do that. That this is a this is an environment where players can do that, um, similar to like a Tampa Bay where it's a smaller market, the the fan base is the best at baseball, um and, and you're gonna get behind players like that. So I, I'm expecting, again, I don't know. I haven't heard anything, but that could be a way to start a conversation for roster construction for next year.
1: Ken is it able to still are you able to still appreciate maybe maybe not today. But are you still able to find a way to appreciate four consecutive post-seasons and equally still be disappointed and mad and frustrated? Because I think a lot of Brewers fans are. a lot I'm sure the front office is as well. The fact that you were expecting to go five straight post In fact you were expecting to compete for a pennant this year. I know somebody between the two of us that had a really lofty win total goal for these two teams, <laughs> and it hasn't worked out. But the point is... It's hard to celebrate, hey, four straight postseasons, that's awesome. But, like, let's be honest, 2020 stunk. They should not have gone in. It was because of the expanded playoffs of 2020. Last year was a really good-looking team, but obviously they get bounced in the first round. They they haven't won a series since 2018 when they're one game away from the World Series. And to have this come crashing down on them, it, it feels really hard to celebrate now those four straight postseasons. Am I wrong for thinking that?
2: No, it's disappointing. It absolutely is disappointing. There's expectations on this team, and there were a bunch of people that, you know, the odds are pretty good for them to to at least compete for a World Series. Uh, You know, win a World Series, I think the odds were a little bit longer, but they were a team that was certainly expected to win uh, 90 plus games. Injuries got them. Um, I think clubhouse chemistry got them. I mean, just watching this team compete here in the last couple of weeks, it's, it's been kind of kind of rough, really, uh, just to use, uh, you know, uh, a light term, really. I mean, it was rough to watch this team try and compete and, and win games down the stretch here. They just didn't have any fire, didn't have any energy to them despite, you know, the really good pitching staff, the really good starting pitching staff um, led by Burns and Woodruff um, and how gutsy a performance was Freddie Peralta, um, uh, Woodruff again today um at the end of the day like they they were two games under 500 since the trade deadline they were one game under 500 i'm sorry two games over 500 since the all-star break so it it's not like they totally tanked like the Padres did last year um but they you know i think 500 baseball is, is not what's going to cut it for this team and for this roster certainly expecting or understanding where the expectations were at the start of the season
1: and for the Brewers You make a good point there that the expectations at the start of the year and that it was so lofty and it was so big. But there is just this weird sinking feeling like something was off all second half. You can point to the Josh Hader trade. I will continue to point to that. A lot of folks on my Twitter mentioned saying, oh, they're grown men, grow up and play ball. That is, it's, with only 50-ish games to go to have that big of a move happen when you're in first place, look, U.S. fans were shocked too. And you were telling me the clubhouse isn't allowed to be shocked. I I think they just never recovered from that. It was a gamble that did not pay off. They you know they had a, a straight flush draw you know on on the river if you're playing Texas Hold'em and then it turned up a you know a two of clubs when they needed a seven of hearts you know it was just the furthest thing of what they needed and they got left at the table not able to get it and too little too late trying to bluff their way out of it and they didn't get the job done. That's that's the analogy that I make that they went all in for the river when. Really, it didn't have a really good shot at it, and it didn't work out. And the Brewers are going to have to sit on this all off season long, and hopefully, it's just a one year break from the postseason because this core is back next year. Vin, as of now, anyway, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Adamus Renfro, Telez, Caratini, Urias do back. I mean, you got decisions to make all over the field of other places, but the main guys that you would really want to keep back are still coming back.
2: Yeah, they are coming back as of now, right? I mean, they are due to make hefty hefty deals here in their uh, second year of arbitration. In Burns in in Woodruff, um, you do have uh, you do have Eric Lauer still under control for a couple more years. He probably isn't going to be too expensive. Freddie Peralta signed a team friendly deal. Deal. Aaron Ashby still has some developing to do, but he is on a very team friendly deal. So you have some pieces, especially in the starting rotation, that you know are going to come cheap. Now it just depends on whether or not the team is going to go ahead and, and kind of flip some of these guys and make some deals to go even cheaper, uh, and or use some currency that is in the minor leagues, the major league ready players, and use those guys as currency to go ahead and acquire more guys with major who are already major league successful with who are cheaper and have more years of control. Look for them to do something like that. Um, you know, look at the end of the day, some of these moves that. Stearns and Arnold make um don't look great at the time but somehow some way they seem to to work um in terms of roster construction in terms of putting a winner on the field look for them to do that I wouldn't be surprised anything's on the table Dom I think anything's going to be on the table for this group in the offseason they're going to get creative and they're going to find ways to uh to put a winner on the field next year um Yeah, because that's certainly what the fans are going to be expecting. And, um, you know, best fans in baseball, too, right? So they're going to, I mean, yes, this is disappointing. We're going to get over this in the next few months. It still stings, but it's kind of a slow burn with this disappointing feeling, right, after watching this, this team try and battle for the last few weeks. Because it didn't seem like much of a battle to me.
1: I want to get to the phone lines here as well. If you want to participate in the show, 855 616 1620. Again, 855 616 1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talking text line. I want to get to Ray from Illinois talking about maybe a, an agenda coming up this offseason for the Brewers. Ray, what do you have for us?
0: Hey, guys. Um Thanks for taking my call. Um, I I think after the hater trade, I I think as I look back on it, you could just kind of see it it heading this direction, at least in my opinion. Um, So I think three things that I'd like to see them at least take a look at. One is maybe bring another, put another arm in that rotation, uh, the starting rotation. It's a good starting rotation. They look at another arm. The second thing Figure out, is Devin Williams really your closer, or do you have to look a different direction in that regard? And then the third thing, figure out how to hit get, get guys that can hit left-handed pitching. I mean, that is, I think, the thing, and I think we all saw it, what killed them all year was they couldn't hit left-handed pitching, and they just saw a lot of it, and they just couldn't uh, – do it. I think uh, those are the three things. I don't think we need to, like, fire David Stearns, fire Craig Council, nothing like that, guys. I think I think there's some tweaks that need to be made, but I definitely think uh, Stearns and Council are on the hot seat next year. And that's all I got.
1: Awesome. I appreciate the insight there, Ray. And to the last part of that question, I really like that point, though, here, Vinny, about the fact that they didn't hit lefties all year. Yeah, it's really an anomaly, given it a- they can still roll out a lineup like they rolled out tonight. Full of right-handed hitters. He had eight righties and one lefty. And still, against Tommy Henry, who's a rookie who's allowed five runs, seven runs, and five runs in his last three starts, shuts down the Brewers to just one run during his innings. What the heck is it about the Brewers facing lefties?
2: I don't know, but it, Tommy uh, Tommy Henry was throwing things... Um, his stuff, I could still hit his stuff. <laughs> those are the guys that I could hit. Stop throwing lefties without much without much secondary offerings to go with it, a change-up. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know why they, they can't see the ball against those guys. After a while, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where all of a sudden, like, everyone's talking about how they can't hit lefties. The media's asking questions why they can't hit lefties, and all of a sudden – They're like, oh, we can't hit lefties. I think that's all it really is. I mean, Andrew McCutcheon was the best hitter in all of baseball last year against left-handed pitching, and he did not have the same type of year against left-handed pitching this year. In fact, he was pretty good against righties, uh, but he did not have the same type of year that he had last year against lefties, and that matters. Like, They brought in Andrew McCutcheon. They paid a lot of money for him specifically for that reason, to hit left-handed starters, couldn't do it, um, and – I, I just don't know why it's it, it got to be a mental thing for them at some point. Um, Colton Wong is usually pretty good against, against them, a left on left guy. He was absolutely atrocious against lefties this year, so just snowballed on them. They definitely need to figure that part of it out. I think Ray's comment about another starter, I actually like that idea. Just another guy like a like a Brett Anderson. I, I really still am a believer in that six man rotation. To believe it or yeah, believe it or not, because look, they stayed healthy. They stayed healthy, Dom. So I think, I think that is something they definitely need to look into and consider. Um, you know, the six man rotation definitely helped two years ago.
1: Or last I year. agree. If you can, if you can get twenty eight, twenty seven starts healthy out of the top end of your six man rotation, you're not doing six man every single time through. It's when you have those big streaks of games due to rainouts or double headers, whatever it may be that it really helps your arms recover and bounce back. I'll take 29 healthy starts of Eric Lauer and Corbin Burns, as opposed to 33, 34 and in risking injury to make sure they can get through a whole year. But I, I don't mind having another innings eater, but let's also be honest. That's supposed to be Adrian Hauser, right? You look at the Brewers rotation projected for next year, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Lauer, Ashby, and then Hauser. So you kind of maybe have it on your team where Hauser can be bumped to a six-man rotation. we got plenty more with Vinny. we got plenty more of your texts, more of your calls as well. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Got to take a break. Haven't taken one yet. Stay with us on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Don't want to waste any further time. Thanks for joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dominic Petronio. Vinny Rutino still on the line as well. Want to get to the phone lines? 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Calvin in Janesville, I think you share the same feeling that I have that this hater trade was more than just trading a closer. It impacted this clubhouse. What do you think about that trade?
3: Yeah, guys. First and foremost, thanks for taking my call. You guys have provided some great coverage all year long. and uh, I I know I speak for all Brewers fans when I say thank you for doing that. Uh, For someone like myself trying to work my way into the industry you guys are are great to look up to so thanks for the great coverage all year um yeah i just want to get your guys thoughts i mean i i know you said that uh some people say you know you're grown men and just play baseball but you know to to shift the the uh you know the energy in a clubhouse when things are are going so strong uh you know i i i I feel like the way that that was delivered to you how you know stern's kind of just did it without really letting the team know what the direction that they were going with that and what the thought process kind of was. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of come full circle, you know, like releasing Josh Hader and or, uh, trading Josh Hader and, you know, team can't close the games out at the end of the year. It doesn't help that they're only scoring a couple of runs per game, but I feel like that that's kind of full circle. You know, when you, when you move the, the clubhouse around, you move guys around, it's like, uh, the energy is just not there. And, uh, I think that boils down to not just the pitching, you know, you saw Devin Williams struggle a lot towards the end of the year and I wonder if that's because his buddy Josh Hader wasn't there to help him out and maybe even the bats too. I I don't know if that's far-fetched or uh what you guys might think about that. I know that with pitching it's most of the games mental and when you don't have that that rock of a teammate that you can kind of go to and ask for help or whatever it might be um, you know, things can kind of go south quickly. So I personally think that that was sort of the turning point for the team this year. It looked like things were going fine because Hader was struggling, but uh, obviously you found his footing and has pitched really well for San Diego lately. But, um, you know, I just want to see what you guys thought about that and um, if that was kind of the, uh, the, the yeah. straw that broke the camel's back for the Brewers this year.
1: Yeah, I agree, Calvin. Thanks for the thoughts there. And I want to read this quote to you, Vinny. This was from Lorenzo Cain, talking to Adam McAlvey about a month and a half ago when he was back doing a fantasy football draft with the team. I definitely think the boys can turn it around. But yeah, when you go through rough times, you need certain guys to keep guys going. I think that's one of the reasons it's been a struggle to get guys out of the funk. When you get rid of certain guys, when you start messing with the chemistry of the clubhouse, it affects everybody it's happening right now hopefully they can turn it around but because you can see it's been weird something's off for sure that it's really eerie to weird to read that Vinny, because that was written on september 5th and here we are on october on october 3rd the season is over the brewers are out of the postseason they couldn't get out of the funk and uh locaine the veteran leader he knew what he saw when he walked in that clubhouse
2: yeah, and I think that that's magnified just because of how good the clubhouse chemistry was ever since Craig Council took over in 2015. I mean, it was second to none and best in baseball, right? So you, you couple that with the best fans in baseball, the best clubhouse chemistry in baseball, the best culture in baseball, and then four straight playoff appearances, and then this. It, it, it is, is more – because, look, at the end of the day, Dom, think about all the other teams that are kind of perennial – disappointing teams. Uh, you think about the Anaheim Angels, you think about, um, you know, some of the other, you know, the Texas Rangers lately, um, you, you're talking about a group that's that's doing what the Brewers are doing now in terms of clubhouse chemistry, right? Kind of dead, kind of no energy. Um, that's what, you know, it's not like there's fighting in the in the dugout. It's not like there's, you know, you know, everyone blowing each other up in the media. They're still pulling for each other. There's it's it just it just wasn't the same as the last seven years, right? And that's why I think it's so alarming um, that it, it happened so quickly. This this turn, this clubhouse chemistry turn, this culture turn. Um, and again, it's not horrible. It's just it's just worse than it was for the last seven years. And 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 it was the best in baseball. It really, really was. Just watching it as an onlooker, I've been you know as a scout, I was watching all these. Kind of things play out, and, and that's I think what was so alarming about this group and how it turned so quickly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm still kind of shell shocked a little bit just of how how it did turn so quickly. And um, look, I think everyone's just looking forward to having the season end and then go ahead and get ready for the off season, some of the transactions, some of the routes or construction things for next year. They're just all looking forward to putting this behind everybody.
1: I think that's a really good way to put it, putting it behind moving forward. I want to get a couple of silver linings here on the text line, 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage talking text line. Despite the failure to continue the playoff run and the loss of Hayner and the relief woes, it was a fun season that kept us interested in the playoff hunt with both close wins and losses. And let's not forget, it's still another winning season. Let's relax. Steve from Hartford with the uh, silver lining view there. I appreciate that. I'm always a guy that tries to look on the bright side. It's tough after losses like uh, you know, losing the postseason. They still won the game, right? How weird is it? They won the game, and we're sitting here you know, just all depressed and sad. But at the end of the day, it, it's true. They have a winning season. Most teams don't make it to game 160, still considering themselves in the playoff hunt. Uh, and I know that's not what everybody wants to hear. I'm not excusing it. But at the end of the day... I've said this for a few days now, and the floor has been risen. Uh, Has uh, rose risen? Rose? Rised? Grammar. But the the point is, the floor is higher now than it was when David Stearns first took over baseball operations, meaning the expectations are greater, the winning should be— I mean, the fact that the Brewers, you know, they win tonight, and they still have a chance, you know, if they win out— they can still get 87 wins, which I mean, there are a lot of Brewers fans that are listening to this right now that were thinking back to the 90s and the early 2000s, thinking, "Man, I would kill to have 87 wins." Right? It's just funny how quickly, you know, we can lose sight of. Yes, they're out of the postseason. I'm not excusing that, but there are you know 14 other teams that would love to be like the Brewers that had a chance in the final week of the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, look. Right now, they could still tie Philadelphia, and they could still tie San Diego. They both have eighty-seven wins right now, currently. So, I mean, yes, they 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 would be out of the playoffs considering they, that they don't have the tiebreaker. But yeah, I mean, it was a it was a it was a really really good season. Remember, they they were off to the best start in franchise history through the first fifty games. That that is quite the accomplishment. Injuries killed them. Injuries that are starting. The injury to Freddie Peralta derailed this team. Let's just say what that is. I mean, it really did. He was out for three months. He was so impactful to that starting rotation. He was so important to the starting rotation. Um, Yes, the Josh Hader deal. Yes, the the culture uh, was was different after that deal, uh, it seemed. But, you know, injuries is really what killed this team. I mean, it really was, Dom. And so, um, you know, to, to still have a chance for 87 wins with all the time spent on the IL. It's it's quite the accomplishment. I know that that's not what I really want to actually even say right now, but it really is. You're going to look back this year and say, wow, they spent that many days on the IL, especially with all those starting pitchers on the IL, and, and they still managed to, to win 85 to 87 games. That's That's pretty good.
1: Let me ask you real quick, and we'll get you out of here on this. There are a few things that the Brewers have to figure out. There are some ideas in the off season. There are going to be some key departures. What do you think is priority number one? What is going to be the first call or the first, you know, at least recon work or trying to make something happen, framework, trade, free agency, whatever, that David Stearns and Matt Arnold are going to try to do this offseason? What's number one on that list for you, Vinny Retino? Uh
2: I think it's going to be, you know, third base. I think they're going to try and – really solidify a third baseman. Um, and I don't think it's going to be a name that anyone's going to expect either. Maybe it is Luis Urias, um, but I think he's probably best suited for that, you know, super utility role, kind of the utility role of play every day, bounce around. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be that third base bat, someone that can really, you know, hit and, and, and slug. So, I mean, they just, they were missing a consistent bat that could do both. All season long, I know those guys don't grow on trees. I know that they don't, but maybe they'll find someone somehow, some way, kind of get creative with the deal. Uh, maybe a Justin Turner. I know he, he was down a little bit this year, but um, you know maybe that's that's a guy that they could turn to.
1: All right. Well, Vinny Rettino joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. Thanks for your insight as always. And, hey, we've still got another couple games to analyze and get ready to wrap up the season with whatever win tally it is going to finish up for the Brew crew. Thanks as always, Vinny.
2: Yeah, thanks, Tom. Talk to you tomorrow.
1: All right. We got more to come here. I'm getting to your texts, I promise. And if you want to call in, I want to hear from you guys. Really do. 855-616-1620. The Accident Mortgage Talking Text Line. More to come on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. The game. We haven't really talked about the game. It's wild. They went in the walk-off, Hunter Renfro. That was fun. Epic comeback in the bottom of the ninth. That delayed it for about five minutes to seeing if you were going to be alive for the postseason or not. But they weren't. I'm Dominic Catronio. The Phillies won 3 nothing. And in case you're wondering, if you heard Vinny Retino say, well, wait a minute, they can finish with the same record, right? No, they're, they lost on the tiebreaker. You know, four games to two. The Phillies won more games head-to-head than the Brewers did. So that means if they were to end up tied at the end of the season, it would go to the Phillies. That's why you play 162. That's why you play a full gosh darn season. Want to get to the phone lines, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Want to get to Jerry from Oak Creek. You've got some ideas for the roster next season, Jerry.
0: Well, I enjoy your show. Um, I'll tell you, I've been listening to you since you started the post-game show, and I really enjoy your uh, knowledge
1: and the way you're uh, presenting what's going on on the, after the game's over, I enjoy it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Jerry. Um, I think they need to find a, a hitter that can hit
2: between 270 and 300 and go for base hits instead of home runs. That's They hit too many homers this year and not enough people that are contact hitters. And then I, I know a lot of people ain't going to like this. I think you got to get rid of David Stearns. I don't think he's a great general manager, and I think you need to go a different
3: direction.
1: I disagree on the last part, but I agree with the first part, Jerry. I'll explain the disagreement first. One bad trade shouldn't negate all the great work he did out of that rebuild out of the, the the strings he's pulled, the health of the farm system now, too. There is a lot of good that David Stearns has done, and it might be a little bit of recency bias, but, I mean, look, he, he pulled off the trade of the year last year with Willie and Rowdy. He's pulled off trades to make sure this team stays relevant. I mean, remember, Josh Hader was acquired via trade when he was in the minors at the Astros, and, look, I know Carlos Gomez was a fan favorite, but that really worked out for everybody involved for the Brewers, and remains to be seen. Look, if Robert Gasser becomes somebody that the Brewers are very excited about in the road, rotation that could work out. Nesteri Ruiz seems to be an electric, you know, speed and somebody that somebody can really be excited about. And somebody that could fit that bill that you're talking about, Jerry, of can get on base, can use their feet, can get some batting average. And another guy that's in the organization that is going to be fighting to make the team out of out of camp that is that exact profile that you're talking about, that's Sal Freelick. Sal Freelick, the first round pick by the oh, Brewers yeah. back in twenty twenty one. So there there is guys like that in the organization. Uh it's just the guys that were in the organization at the big league level, anyway, the guys that were banking on getting on base more often, the Luis Uriases. Uh, even Christian Yelich, when they moved him to the top of the order, it started working out for him, but Willie was not on base all that much this season. So the guys that they were trying to get on for the Rowdies and the Renfros just didn't work out. But I I appreciate the thoughts. I appreciate the kind words there, Jerry, as well. I think those are the two guys that you're going to look to next season of saying, well, Ruiz and and Freelich are going to be anchored toward the top of this order as far as trying to be the guys to get on base more often and be on when the big boppers are coming to play, because Teles and Renfro are due back next season. I want to get back to the phone lines as well. James on the south side is joining in here on the show. James, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings.
4: Yeah, um, I feel, I think that uh, the injuries and in that uh, did uh, do the Brewers in, but I think uh, you look at it after the All-Star game there, they up four games, and all of a sudden they had a complete uh, how do you say the word "total meltdown" type of thing? You're saying that Josh Hader probably, maybe uh, facil- uh, facilitated that, but the the team as a whole seems like uh, they should have been able to win 90 games or more. Look, they started off, like you said, 50 games. Uh, look at that, they they, they did a record uh, type of thing. But uh, you know, four years four years ago, Brewers came within uh, within an eyelash of uh, going to the World Series. But since then, uh, the other three years after that have kind of, uh, you know, it was harder and harder and harder and harder. And this year it looked like they had a sense of trying to do the 18 again. But uh, I guess a lot, a lot of things are, you know, it, it, it takes a lot. It takes a team work. It takes an attitude. But I don't think that they had the attitude, the swagger, and everything else to really make it happen. I think that we need a we need a pitcher. We need a main pitcher and we also need a hitter somebody that can hit but also somebody can be a leader in that clubhouse and there's no leader in that clubhouse uh for the for the, for the for the position player or for even a for a pitcher there to be able to make 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 a statement and and uh have the brewers uh, feel good about themselves you know you got you got to got to have uh, that type of thing you got to have faith and you got to have hope and you got to yep, have charity Absolutely
1: I, I agree think the, I think yeah, the charity I agree, James is, It's one of those things that when the Josh Hader trade happened, he was a clubhouse leader. You know, he wasn't just the closer. He was very popular in the clubhouse. Corbin Burns, best friend. Devin Williams, throwing partner. That impacts chemistry. When your three best players are all synced up together, especially on the pitching side of things of Corbin Burns, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader, and you remove one piece of that, it's not like you can just, oh, wake up. Yeah, everything's normal. Everything's not normal. And you, you said it, four games up with... You know, right coming out of the uh, heading into the trade deadline, and then you trade Josh Hader. Yes, I am going to point to that moment as the reason that the Brewers couldn't recover from. Is it on them for not recovering? Yes, but they lost a leader. Lorenzo Kane was gone from that clubhouse earlier in the season. They survived that pretty well. And then you look at the Brewers. You know, Brent Suter tried to get these guys to rally and get them going. You know, with the Papa shot stuff that we were seeing coming out of the clubhouse and the way he was rallying the guys and having some fun in the bullpen. Right, but. Willie Adamas and Brent Suter can't do it alone, and it just wasn't that in the cards to have somebody else step up this clubhouse. Needed some mojo, needed some life, and despite their best efforts, they couldn't get it done. I appreciate the thoughts there, James, as well, and a texter agrees with that as well. Really sad. They were in first, but Hader Trey took the wind out of their sails, but at least they were better than a lot of teams out there. I agree. Mike in Colorado says, too little, too late. Now where do the Brewers go? There's a big crossroads ahead for Milwaukee. What will they do? Change or rinse, wash, and repeat? Thanks for the thoughts there, Mike. More texts, more thoughts, more calls. 855-616-1620 coming up. Stay tuned on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. The Brewers won the game. We've got highlights coming up a little bit later in the show. The Brewers won this game, guys. Feels so weird. That they are out of the postseason contention because of the Phillies win. I'm Dominic Catronio. <sighs> Had some great callers so far. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join in here on the show. Uh, I got a couple of texts to read here as well, but I left the cliffhanger. Where did the Brewers go from here? Big crossroads ahead for Milwaukee. This is coming from Mike. So let's just go over the departures for the Brewers that are ahead for them. They have to decide what they do. Jace Peterson is due to be a free agent. Andrew McCutcheon due to be a free agent. Colton Wong will likely become a free agent. I imagine the Brewers are going to decline the $10 million option on him. Omar Narvaez is due to be a free agent. You also have to figure out, are you going to re-sign Trevor Gott? Are you going to re-sign Brad Boxberger? Those are a couple of options to think about as well. So at the end of the day, you look at the starting, you know, starting nine anyway. You're going to have a new second baseman next year potentially a new third baseman, depending on what they decide to do with Luis Urias. Do they put him at third? Do they put him at second? Depending on Bryce Terrain, are they going to bring him onto the uh, opening day roster? He'll be placed on the 40-man this offseason. Then you look in the DH spot. They're going to have to figure out what they're doing at the DH spot. Is Keston here going to be the everyday DH and make Rowdy still the everyday first baseman after he ran out of gas here at the end of the year? That's a question. Christian Ellich going to keep playing left field. you got a ton of outfielders waiting to come up. Is Tyrone Taylor still going to be the center fielder? Or are you going to bring up Freelick? Or are you going to bring up Mitchell on the opening day roster? You still got Ruiz. You got Weimer waiting in the wings. Oh, and you got Jackson Trudio in double A. There's a lot of outfielders in this pipeline all of a sudden. So there's a lot of questions where the Brewers are going to do. But I think for me, I asked Vinny this. What's your number one priority as far as what do you do? He said third base. Here's my priority. It's a little different direction. Extend, Woodruff, or Burns. One of the, one of the two. I I don't want to sit here and say, yeah, extend both of them like it's nothing. Uh, it, I You know how this goes. You're a, you're a Brewers fan. You're not dumb. You know how this is. You're going to hear, oh, I can only extend one. It's not the other. Well, extend one, okay? I'm going to be completely honest here. The Brewers, after all the improvements they've done to this ballpark, thanks to the playoff runs, right? You get playoff shares and there's boosts and things of that nature. The ex-golf in left field, now the improvements being done to the restaurant to be named later. Uh, the new gates, the tailgating areas. Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff happening at the ballpark, right? You cannot sit here and say, "Oh, we can't afford to to extend Brandon Woodruff." Oh, we can't afford to extend Corbin Burns. One or the other. You can't do that now. And if you want to say you're hamstrung by the contract to Christian Yelich, I, I just I don't see. I know it's easy to sit here and say because it's not my money right? It's very easy to, I don't think there's a single team in baseball, not even the Dodgers, right? There is not a single team in baseball that is happy with ownership because it's not your money, right? It's easy to complain about ownership because it's not your money. You're not the one spending on it, but quite frankly, gosh, darn it. You have seen how important Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns are to your team. And I think it works in two directions. If you extend that guy, if you extend Woodruff or you extend Burns, that sends a message to the league. That sends a message to potential free agents. Oh, hey, the Brewers are real players in free agency right now. They they mean it. They're in it. They're keeping one of their guys. And I know you guys are frustrated about the Christian Yelich deal right now in 2022. But I want to go back to that day in 2020. That seems like so long ago, right? But you were so excited. I was excited. The Brewers did the darn thing. They signed the superstar to an extension. And the Brewers had an open window right now of competitiveness. And if Christian Ellich is going to be the most overpaid leadoff hitter of baseball, so be it. He was, quite frankly, a lot of analysts said he was underpaid for what the Brewers gave him. But the Brewers got to do it again. They have got to prove to the league that they want to keep one of these guys. And they want to compete. They want to extend this window. Because the only reason you sign Freddie Peralta and Aaron Ashby to team-friendly deals is to give yourself the flexibility to do something like this. It has to happen. You have got to keep at least one of these guys, in my opinion. I hope it happens this offseason or it happens early next season, but in my opinion, it's got to happen to one of them. That's my number one thing on the priority list. Right now, a couple of texts here. Mark Mathias could have been the right handed bat with power for the DH, but dealt him despite hitting 320 or so at AAA, proving he can hit with power with the Rangers, would have had him controllable for seasons. Terrible trade. My take on that with Mathias is the Brewers liked him a lot, but he was injury prone, and they felt they need to make sure he gets on the field, and they were in a roster crunch. Let time will tell. I like Mark Mathias a lot. I think he's going to be a solid player. I don't know if he's going to be an everyday type player. And it's all in Keston Hira. Keston Hira needs to perform better next season because he's going to be on a very, very warm seat through all of next season. I know he's a first-round pick and all, but he did everything that was asked of him in spring training. It looked like he had a great spring training and then has really regressed back to the mean with a lot of strikeouts, home run, or bust. So Keston here is going to be a guy that you're going to look to in 2023 saying, look, man, you've been given every opportunity to, to, for lack of a better term, you've been given two strikes, right? You need Keston to perform and especially figure out these reverse splits. How come he can't hit lefties? It's very odd. But maybe get him in more positions to win since the Brewers live and die by the platoon. Put him in there against righties. If you, play, if you say Plotuno, it's automatically right on right. You can't use him. Well, you got to look at the numbers. His career numbers versus lefties are not pretty. Let him in there against righties. But I, I, it's a fair critique saying that the Mark Matthias deal, because that brought back Matt Bush along with Antoine Kelly. And Antoine Kelly probably would have been a 40-man roster crunch. Uh, he was 22 years old and only in high A at the time of the trade. He was due to be placed on the 40-man roster this coming offseason to be Rule 5 eligible, where another team can pluck you from minor league teams. The reason why they traded him is because he's also injury-prone, and they didn't want to waste a 40-man spot on a guy that they didn't know if it was going to be healthy the entire season. And they felt it would be a good trade to get Matt Bush, somebody who has team control and is on a very team-friendly deal, isn't going to cost too much, and can give you important innings down the stretch. I'm not saying he's going to be the closer, but Bush is going to throw some really important innings next season. Another texter saying, The problem starts with David Stearns. At the All Star break, with a team with a batting average under 250, why didn't he go shopping for a couple of hitters and dump some dead weight? Not the brain trust, minus the title. Not about counsel. He plays with what they give him. Next year. Here's my take on David Stearns in that text in particular. Hitting under 250, the Brewers at the trade deadline were hitting 241 as a team. League average was 242. They were a league average offense, which isn't normally enough to supply a great pitching staff, but the pitching staff was injured for a lot of the year. And it's a fair critique saying they need to get more offense. I think they need to regress into more of a hitter friendly offense and get the home runs here and there. I don't think they need to lead, you know, be second in the national league in home runs next season. I just want to see more base runners. I just want to see more singles. I want to see more situational hitting. And I think there are guys in the organization that can do that right now. And when it comes to shopping for a couple of hitters, I know for a fact there were conversations by David Stearns, with teams about hitters that they were left at the altar for for a couple of times. Sometimes, you know, the trade has to happen with two parties, right? And you can't be, you know, you're as excited as you are right now for Joey Weimer, for Jackson Trurio, for Sal Freelich because those guys aren't leaving for a rental bat. The hitter market, I will say it over and over and over again, it was all rentals. And the Brewers were never serious players in Juan Soto, But there were serious players in Josh Bell. Turns out he was packaged for San Diego. There were serious players in Trey Mancini. It didn't work out. Just because a trade doesn't happen doesn't mean they didn't try. And I do believe that they tried. Sometimes you get left at the altar. It was one of those years. I appreciate the thoughts, though. It's a fair critique that why didn't they add an offensive bat? They tried. It didn't work. And sometimes trying isn't good enough. I get it. Trying isn't good enough, especially when you expect to make five straight Postseasons. Another texter. This is from Rusty in Grafton. I see this as year one of transition. The front office seems to have shifted their draft strategy to high contact, low strikeout players, seeing how the major league lineup has disappointed. I am excited for the future and excited to see the young guys play. I agree, Rusty. That's a great take as well. 855 616 1620. Again, 855 616 1620. The Acinet Mortgage Talk and Text line. And for all the folks saying trade Yelich, Someone has to take that deal. Someone has to take that money, right? And for somebody to take that money, you're going to have to send something valuable with him probably. That's where you're talking Churio, dare I say Burns. You know, it's if you're going to get rid of Yelich, which I don't see happening this offseason, granted I didn't see them trading Josh Hader this trade deadline, so maybe I just gave it the kiss of death. It's going to be a pretty penny just because you're getting rid of them, right? And that contract will give you some financial flexibility. It's going to be a really, really important trade to get right for David Stearns and company. More your texts, more your calls. We're going to get to uh, Craig Council's comments here in just a second here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Brewers won the game. We're going to talk a little bit about the game. We're going to talk about not making the postseason here. We have highlights coming up in the next segment. But we got Craig Council and a longer than usual Craig Council since this is the last game of substance. The Brewers are officially eliminated from postseason play. If you want to text, if you hear something, you want to hear a question, hear some more further about what you're about to hear from Craig Council, 855-616-1620. Can just save it in your phone, right? 855-616-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line right here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. A couple of quick texts before we get to Council. It's only happened once in the major leagues in 20 years that a team in first place traded an all-star. With Hader leaving, it forced Council to use a seventh-inning guy that had no business being in there. Strezlecki, the Raptor, Brent Suter, Luis Perdomo, Cousins, these guys are not the guys you can trust in the seventh inning. They had Boxberger, who is perfectly suited for the seventh, but had to move him to the eighth, and Williams is really good, but he's not a closer. He's a tremendous setup guy. Hader was the hammer that their opponents knew was waiting for them in the ninth inning. Main priority is getting them both Burns and Woodruff back. When it comes to the Josh Hader trade and the impact, I thought Devin Williams should have been able to handle it. And I believe he will handle it well next season. Sometimes you need that first year to get your toe, dip your toe into the water. I want to go back to 2018. All right. This feels a long time ago, right? 2018. This is the second year of Josh Hader. He's clearly going to be someone special, right? 143 strikeouts that year in 81 innings. He was seventh in Cy Young voting. He was an all-star for the first time. 2018 was fun. He was a you know an all-over-the-place kind of guy out of the bullpen. Only, only finished 14 games that year. He actually blew five saves that season. Do you remember that? It, it, you, we only tend to remember the good stuff. And that was his first year getting his chance to really pitch in high leverage in the big leagues and understanding what he could do. Nobody saves that, I mean, as a team, the the Brewers have blown a lot of saves. But Devin Williams, he's only blown two saves this year. He's learning how to be a closer, and he learned from the best in Josh Hader. So maybe this was his tip his toe in the water and realize, you know what? I do have the stuff to be a closer, and I can figure this out. And knowing that it's his role this whole entire offseason and going into next year should get his headspace right. I'm excited for Devin Williams. I am not going to give up on the best pitch in baseball with that changeup. 855-616-1620. Let's hear from the manager, Craig Council.
5: Because, uh, you know, it means we're not going to be able to accomplish uh, our goal. So it's, it's bad news.
4: you guys watch it at the end of
5: the night? Uh, I, did, I did not watch it, No. What, what do you think didn't work out for you guys down the stretch here for the last month or so? I mean, it's, we didn't win enough games. Um, simple as that. Um, there's, there's no excuses. There's no, you know, there, there's not much else to say. You, you got to, you know, we, we had a chance to, to win more games and, and, and it's not just down the stretch. It's, it's throughout the year and, um, you know, we're going to end up winning a good number of games, but it's not going to be enough.
4: On this game tonight, um, sort of some of those hits you were missing, or at least putting the ball in play that, that was missing from, from the last couple of games. You know,
5: uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, we, we'd, we'd love to explain that, and that's the other teams trying to beat you and the other teams trying to get you. Um, we, did, we mounted a really nice comeback tonight and um, a little bit improbable, really. Um, you know, and I, I think this is a, this is a game where you know you you have chances. You know, nearly every night you have chances, um, and what happens in those you know every, every moment matters. But you know, we're always going to go back to those moments where you know I could have done something different, the player could have done something different. Um, you know, we all could have done something a little different and to try to help us win. and you know, unfortunately, you do that to yourself um, in, in seasons like that, for sure. Um, it's not going to make it's not going to change the result. Uh, it doesn't make you feel any better. Um, you know, and so you just you got to accept it and move on.
0: Such a hot start to the season. Craig, where was there a point where things got off the rails?
5: no I, I don't I don't think I don't think we ever got off the rails I, I just don't you know we just we just were unable to you know to to string together enough enough wins and, and be consistent enough in the win column um you know it, it felt like for a whole for a whole for a large part of the season it was just one step forward one step back um you know that that's what it felt like um and um like I said it, that that you know, you look at our record and th- there's nothing to, like, oh, man, but it, it's just not good enough to get in the playoffs. And, and then you know, we got to live with that. And we had, to, we had to be a little better to be in the playoffs. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think every, anything ever went off the rails. I don't, I don't think that's accurate. Um, but, you know, we never got it going enough to, to pile up wins where, um, you know, you are a playoff team. Saw what what the team was capable of in, in that hot start. Was it was there a frustration level, or was it frustrating at all to not
4: be able to, it,
5: to be able to replicate? Well, it's it's not a forty game season. It, it, that's I mean, there, there's going to be stretches of the season where you play really well. Uh, I mean, we're, you know, every every team can point to that. Uh, but it's it's not a it's a 162 game season. It's it's a test, and it's um, you've got to earn it over 162. It doesn't matter what your record is over a certain point. It's irrelevant. Um, you know that's that's a baseball season. no, nobody sat there at a certain point in the season and said, yeah, we got it made, not even close. Um, so I don't I don't you know, that's that's how it works.
4: when you think about the way you're built around this young pitching and and the, the, the idea of getting in as many years as possible to give yourself a chance, does it make missing the postseason? more costly you think for a club that's just in your circumstances than a team that
5: can just you know fill holes more easily yeah I mean look every organization will you'll rue the, the opportunity when they don't make the playoffs and when you and you don't make it it it, it hurts it stinks um, it's that's what it is um, you know what? I think I, I don't I don't see it it doesn't hurt us worse than somebody else it, it, it's no fun not making the playoffs when you have expectations to make the playoffs and you feel like you have a team good enough to make the playoffs and, and people good enough to, to put you deep into the playoffs so it, it's just it's disappointing um and it hurts and it's frustrating um but uh, you know they we i think we stayed in the fight really well we did we stayed in the fight and i think tonight was an example of that um it, it, you know, this weekend, this, this past weekend against Miami, it, it, you know, it, it just felt like we couldn't, for some reason, it wouldn't let us, it wouldn't let us over the hump. Um, and you know, frankly, it's, it's felt like that for a while. That's that, that one step forward and one step back, that, that kind of feeling that we, you know, we had, it, it felt like that this weekend of white, you know, just seemed so close um to taking that next step forward and um you know I, like this weekend show we just couldn't do it
4: does this change anything for the pitching the next couple of days we'll
5: play in the field the next couple of days uh, i mean we're look there's there's it's not a september's of past where you have an expanded roster so our guy, you know the guy's got to play and uh guy's got to pitch and, and, and we'll go from there
1: just play ball Right, I, I loved his in the middle there. It's a hundred sixty-two game season. It's not a forty game. It's not a sixty game. It's a hundred sixty-two game season. You can't just pick and choose which you want to count. It's a hundred sixty-two. It's a full test. And this year, the Brewers were just slightly above average in a year that, you know, you really needed to be way better than average. Even though the expanded playoffs happened, you could say. With certainty this year, in my opinion anyway, every team that flirted getting in or wanted to get into the postseason this year deserved it. No one backed into the postseason, right? If you want to say the Phillies did, look, they were supposed to make the postseason, you know, coming out of uh, the break, and the Brewers were supposed to make the postseason. So the fact that it came down to a battle with those two is great. Giants fell apart. No one expected that. They thought they were going to, you know, a lot of folks thought they were going to compete more. You look in the American League, Baltimore shocked everybody they flirted for a while, but the Mariners deserve to get in. The Rays deserve to get in. The Blue Jays certainly deserve to get in. It worked out. The expanded wild card. It made things interesting all the way to game 160. But the Brewers are the ones coming up short this year. We've been negative for, you know, four full segments now. <laughs> Let's relive the fact that the Brewers won this game, all right? And they got themselves off the deck. we got the highlights coming up next on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Ready for this? Go!
0: This and this. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio.
1: Yeah, the Brewers are eliminated from postseason contention, but they still won the game in dramatic fashion. I think we've all kind of lost sight of it. It was the last start of the year for Brandon Woodruff and man what a year it's been for Woodruff especially since coming off the injured list more on him in just a little bit he was going up against the rookie lefty Tommy Henry and they were entangled in a pitcher's duel the first couple of innings until Christian Yelich came to the plate in the bottom of the second
0: and the left-hander deals again Yelich drives one to left center and deep warning crack it's gonna get over the wall and a home run
1: Right off the very top of the wall, just like he did the other day against the Marlins. He goes yard. Renfro, or excuse me, a Yelich home run number 14 on the season, but it was short-lived as Cooper Hummel would hit a solo homer, the former Brewers farmhand, in the top half of the third to tie things up at one. Then both of these teams were locked into a pitcher's duel. Tommy Henry, a lefty, of course. The Brewers struggled against him, but he pitched very well. Woodruff was rolling until the fifth inning. A leadoff triple by Corbin Carroll. Then a sack fly by Sergio Alcantara gave the Diamondbacks a 2-1 lead. But manageable, right? The Brewers are still certainly in this. Now Woodruff exits after six innings. Great work from him. His ERA finishes at 3.05 this season. Hobie Milner comes on. And with two outs and a man on, he does something he really hasn't done a lot of this season.
0: 3-2, high fly ball, left center field. Going back is Taylor at the warning track at the wall. It is gone.
1: And you can hear the dejection in Lane Grindle's voice, a shocking home run off of Hobie Milner. And in the blink of an eye, it went from, okay, you're in this, to, oh, no, it's now 4-1 to one Diamondbacks. And Brewers were doing absolutely nothing in the 7th and 8th inning. But then the dramatics began in the bottom of the 9th with a bang.
0: There we go. And delivers. Renfro sends one to right, setter indeed. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and go. For Hunter Renfro.
1: We just had to warm up Mr. Euchre. All right, it's all good. Number 29 on the year for Renfro gets the Brewers within two now, all of a sudden, and Renfro rings the bell. And don't forget, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate today at samilwaukee.org. Then Christian Yelich squeezes a single through the right side. Wait a second now, they got something going on. There's the tying run coming to the plate. McCutcheon ends up lining out, but then Mantiply throws a wild pitch, so it puts Yelich to second base. Then a walk to Colton Wong, and then another uh, opportunity now with a ground out puts runners to second and third. Still only two outs in the inning, though, so the Brewers are really down, to, down up against it, down to their last out. Victor Caratini at the plate. He does what you've been asking for all season long. Just put the ball in play. Try to beat the shift, and sometimes, sometimes, good things
0: happen and the pitch swing a the liner oh, off the glove of walker at first two runs are going to score and this one is tied
1: insanity christian walker is going to win the gold glove at first base this year he leads all first basemen in defensive run saves he hadn't committed an error in 45 games And there he commits an error to allow the tying run to come in and score and force this game into extra innings. In the top of the 10th inning, Brent Suter came on. The place runner did score after a Dalton Varsho single, but that was it. The Brewers had an opportunity in the bottom of the 10th just to get one more than the Diamondbacks. Willie Adamas got things going in extra innings against the Marlins in the loss on Sunday. He was trying to make sure the Brewers were going to stay alive in this one.
5: Maranta comes set, the 0-2 pitch. Line drive into right, that's gonna get down for a base hit. Peterson's gonna be sent around third. Here's the throw, it's gonna be late. And the Brewers
0: have tied it on an RBI single from Willie Adamas. He does it again.
1: In the blink of an eye, the Brewers were in business. Runners on the corners, nobody out. Hunter Renfro, who sparked the rally in the ninth, ready to finish it in the tenth.
5: 2-1, line drive left field. This is gonna win it for the crew. Narvaez
0: trots home, Renfro. Steps on first, and the Brewers win it 6-5 to five here tonight at American Family Field.
1: Despite being eliminated from the postseason, they got a few minutes to celebrate like they were still in this race. Brewers, six runs on seven hits, no errors. They left seven on. The Diamondbacks, five runs on seven hits, one error, which proved ultimately costly, and they left five on base. The winner is Brad Boxberger, and the loser is Reyes Moronta. We'll wrap up the show after this on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Wrapping up the show here quickly. Uh, Two more games. The Brewers can still finish with 87 wins. And that's, gosh darn it, the goal right now. Tomorrow, Eric Lauer gets the ball against somebody who's going to get Cy Young votes, Zach Gallen. It's not going to be easy tomorrow. And then TBD for Wednesday. It looks like it'll be Corbin Burns against Merrill Kelly, but we will wait and see on what Corbin decides since he is one inning shy of reaching 200 innings on Wednesday now that that game is officially not worth anything as far as postseason goes. But the Brewers are playing again tomorrow, and then they'll play again on Wednesday, and then we'll get ready for the winter and get ready for the Packers and the Bucks and the Badgers and everything else, but lo and behold, you will be optimistic come February because there's a lot that can happen Between now and then, the winter meetings, of course, the first week of December, David Stearns is probably already making some calls. Let's watch this play out. Let's be optimists. But you're allowed to be frustrated. It's the beauty of being a fan. The frustrations, the lows make the highs all that much sweeter. That's it for this episode of Brewers Extra Innings. For Tommy Wirtz in our studio, I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.